Father, we thank you for um, the songs that you've given to us tonight to prepare our hearts. And we thank you for this honor and privilege to be here with your people in this place that you have uh, called us to be a part of in order for us to learn more about your will and your ways for us. Lord, we know that this Christmas time signifies your birth, Lord. And we are grateful for coming here to rescue us. Father, I pray for the students, Lord. I pray that they will fall in love with you. They will continue to fall in love with you. I pray for the teachers, Lord. I pray for patience for them and wisdom for them. And I pray for the rest of the people, Lord God. I pray for your Holy Spirit in all of them to be the one to teach them and to guide them. Speak through me, Father God. Use me as your vessel. Let you and you alone speak to your people tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. And if you do have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off or in silent mode. So I guess there was a there's a Christmas party that we were all not invited to go to. Huh? <laughs> Somebody threw it and we didn't get the invitation. <laughs> Everybody else did. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, God is up there saying this to us. Please don't let me bother your Christmas party. <laughs> right? Don't let me bother your Christmas party. Isn't that a, an irony, right? It's Christmas time, so we need to be more about the Lord, celebrating Him, and be focused on Him, correct? More so on parties and everything else. But uh, I praise God for us, for being here, and I, I pray for blessings for you, and I hope God will speak to you tonight. Uh, we're going to continue with our Christmas series. These are the misses of Christmas, the people that have missed the real meaning of Christmas. Tonight... I entitled our message, No More Work. So if you um, took the vacation time, you don't have to work until, you know, whatever that vacation time you have, a week or two, and you still get paid. For the students here, they don't have to do any schoolwork because they're off school, they're on Christmas break. This is one thing that we all would like. Right? At least I remember when I was, I was, uh, I was younger. <laughs> um, I forget, no more work. Nothing else, especially when I was in the Philippines. But when I was here in the States already, I, there's no school, but I still have to go to work. So that's why I, I, I think that's why the Philippines is very attractive to us Filipinos. Because most of us did not really work in the Philippines. When, when we come here, we, we, we associate America with work. That's why we end up not liking America so much. But even with Christmas... If you listen to all the Christmas songs that the world has composed, Christmas is more about uh, love, family reunion, and friends. It's about comfort. It's about the fireplace, right? It's about being comfortable. Jack Frost living at your nose. You know that? It's, 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 it's really comforting. It's really cozy, right? That's what Christmas is so much. Uh, for some people. This is the time that they get together. But then, just like we've been discussing for the past few weeks, people that were with Jesus during that time, they missed it because of certain things. So tonight, we will be talking about the religious people. Okay, so we're going to start with this first verse. If I turn this on, it'll work better. Again, I know we've been using this for the past few weeks. But I want us to read this again. In John 1, 9-13, it reads, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was, was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
Again, tonight we will discuss another group of people who miss Christmas. And they are the religious people. The ones that believe and think that they can earn or have earned heaven through their own righteousness, through their obedience to the law. And the ones that were deeply offended, up to now are deeply offended, by the notion that they need a Savior, that they themselves can't rescue or, or achieve heaven while they are so good in their eyes. We're going to be discussing them. We're going to be talking about them. So the first point is this one. Please turn to Matthew 2, 4 to 9. Please turn your Bibles or your Bible app to Matthew chapter 2, verse 4 to 9. So if you've memorized the Bible, you can just picture it in your mind as I read this. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet was written, has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen went and rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Once Herod learned from the wise men that a child would be born who would be king of the Jews, he gathered them. Right? He gathered them. And we talked about Herod last week. But tonight we're going to talk about the chief priest. Look at this. The chief priest consisted of the high priest, the captain of the temple police, and the best of the other priests. So basically the best of the best were the ones that were gathered when Herod came up with this issue. Those who had great, great teaching and leadership skills. For the most part, the chief priests were Sadducees. The scribes were primarily Pharisees. They were the linguists and interpreters who understood the culture and history of the biblical data. Those two groups knew where the Messiah was to be born because they knew Micah had prophesied that Bethlehem was to be the place of his birth. One thing the Jewish na nation had been looking for, and still does to this day, was the Messiah. They had been waiting for a deliverer throughout their history, especially while under Roman oppression. However, these priests and scribes were unwilling to travel the few miles to find out if this baby might be the Messiah. Why did they miss Christmas? You know why? Because they didn't care. They were indifferent. Who cares if that is the baby? I'm good enough. I have been following the law. I have earned my place in heaven. So now Herod is telling us to look for this baby. You know what? Let them look for it. I don't care. Sometimes in this life, unfortunately, even for us believers, we don't care if God is the one talking to us. We don't care if God has spoken to us. We don't care if it is Christmas time and we know that it is about Christ. We could care less for it because we have made Christmas about something else or about someone else. The song that keeps playing in my head as I was writing this is, is the one by Mariah Carey. So I'm not going to try... I'm going to spare you from that pain. But when she sings, all I want for Christmas is you, right? And then she keeps saying it, all I want for Christmas. And I'm like, really? All you want for Christmas is that person. I wonder if that person is singing the same thing, right? I wonder, I really wonder. For us who've been married for quite some time, 
And if we're all going to be, I'm, gonna try, I'm not trying to be in trouble here, but if we're all going to be, if we're all going to be honest, sometimes the promise that we made many years ago, it doesn't feel like we need to follow through with it, correct? Even when Christmas time comes, sometimes they are the ones that irritate us the most, right? Or we are the ones that irritate them the most because we act like a baby or we act like a spoiled brat because we want something else or they want something else and it's just consuming, correct? Sometimes Christmas becomes more about parties and gifts and and everything else that the movie tells us or the, the, the TV tells us. We condition ourselves. We make trips. We make long trips so we could be united with our family and our friends because we think that's what Christmas is about. You know what? I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I am against it if you make that more so of what Christ has done or what Christmas is, which is Jesus Christ. On the back of your bulletin, you can read what Charles Stanley has written on what the real meaning of Christmas is. And I know we've been saying it for many Sundays now, that it is about Jesus Christ. But I get it. I get it. Sometimes we need to repeat ourselves over and over and over again because you're only here for an hour and you're out there for how many hours, for many days, and the enemy is busy trying to propagate something else making Christmas about something else in your minds, correct? I think so. <laughs> the religious missed Christmas. This is our first point. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they, had, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice, for I did not come to all to call the righteous, but sinners. Imagine this. Jesus was being questioned by the law-abiding citizens, <laughs> wondering why Jesus is spending time with the sinners, not them. Right? Why is Jesus spending so much time with them while they are the ones who continues to break the law day in and day out? Why is he not making us his priority? If you have been walking your life, your Christian life, you've been walking with that attitude that you're thinking as you compare yourself with others, you're thinking that you are so much better than them, that you see yourself like, I'm so perfect. I'm so obedient next to this guy compared to this guy. My gosh, FICF should be thankful they have me as a member. You know, it's so easy to compare ourselves with others. It is. You'll probably find yourself so much better than the next guy. But what you are forgetting is you need to be comparing yourself to God. You need to be comparing yourself to God. And the righteous people, the religious people, they're so good in obeying certain things, doing certain things that the Bible has written down, that God has written down in the Bible. But they have forgotten God. The Pharisees were the ones that have forgotten that in this, this scripture that I, I shared with you guys. They have missed Jesus. And like what we said in the beginning of this series, if you miss Christmas, you miss Jesus. If you miss Jesus, you miss Christmas altogether, correct? It goes hand in hand. You cannot really find the real meaning of Christmas if you don't know who Jesus is. And you don't know who Jesus is if you don't know the real meaning. The doctrine of in, of of Jesus coming down and becoming man. That is what Christmas is. That, is. that is what it is. That's one doctrine, that's one teaching in the Bible that we all believe in. It also falls in, you also see the Trinity in Christmas. You also, you also see Trinity in there. I know there's, there's cults out there that questions the Trinity, and they miss Christmas. Because Christmas is God becoming man. 
many people today miss Christmas because they don't realize that they are sinners. Thus, they ignore Christ. They don't show any interest in the Savior because they don't understand their need to be saved. They don't understand that the wages of sin is death. That is in Romans 6.23. The first part is for the wages of sin is death. Now, I don't care how many Simbanga B you're going to go to or how faithful you are going to go. In the Philippines, we have this tradition that people go on a midnight service for a number of days in order for them to achieve what they think is approval from God. They do certain things. They do a lot of rituals thinking that they are achieving or attaining heaven or God's approval. I don't know how, or earning some good works. But they're forgetting that, when, so if that is true, if we can all earn heaven by our works, again, the title of our message is No More Works. Now, if we can attain heaven by our good works, then why would Jesus come and become a baby? Somebody needs to explain that to me very thoroughly and precisely to because it cancels each other out. If Jesus did not need to come here, if we can earn it, he did not need to come here. But if you agree with Christmas time and you're still trying to earn yourself to go to heaven, then you're just really confused. The second part of that is, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now sin plummets all of us into hell. It brings us all to hell. One sin, you go to hell. Even if you think that it's not as, as grave as a rapist, or you're, you, you only stole candy, you didn't steal a million dollars. Even if you think that it's not so, so bad, you're not that bad. I only cheated on my wife once, but I'm back with her now. I only look at that boy, but I don't tell my husband. You know, I don't do anything about what I think or what I feel. I don't react to what I want. That's still sin because the Bible says if you commit one, right? And then our good works is like dirty rags to him. I think we can all get caught up in all of that good works that we think we're doing. And we can all get caught up with the glitz and glamour and the fancy things and the cozy things of Christmas time. And then we can miss it all together. We look at Christmas, we enjoy the Christmas songs, we, ha we, we jump up and down, we clap our, our hands and we kiss each other and we greet everybody, you know, each other, Merry Christmas. But we for we, we, we're neglecting and we're forgetting the real meaning of it. This is when God became flesh. Right? This is when he became flesh. And there was a reason why he came. is because to rescue us from our sins. I sincerely believe that the enemy, not just on Christmas Day, but for the entire year actually of 2019, and actually for the entirety of our lives, the enemy works tremendously hard to keep our eyes off of the most important thing that we need to do and that we need to focus on to the most important person. He distracts all of us. Even our good works here in the ministries that you, are, you belong to, you can also make that as, as a distraction to get your eyes off Jesus. That is the enemy's, that, that, that is his goal. For us to keep our eyes off Jesus because everything else becomes an idol. Everything becomes an idol. If we, even, the, even me, even me preaching here on Sunday, pastoring this church, if that becomes my life more than me falling in love with Jesus day in and day out, the ministry becomes my idol. And same with you. The religious things that you think you're doing religiously, your prayer time, your Bible reading, if it becomes about that work 
rather than the person of Jesus Christ, that becomes your idol. We, you know, when, we, when our eyes are off of Jesus, we end up going after different things. And then when we become, when we make someone else more important than Jesus, what, what do you think Jesus is going to do? God so loved us that he gave his son for us to die on the cross for our sins. You think he's going to let you get away with that? What he's going to do is we, if we make something else and someone else more important than him, he removes that person. He removes that certain thing in order to gain our attention back. And I think it's rightfully so. For me, rightfully so. I cannot lose my, if I'm losing my focus, my prayer is, Lord, if I lose my focus on you, please take me back to where I need to be. You know, Christmas time is one of the most, one, is one of the biggest traps, even for Christians, to keep our eyes off Jesus. Now, now, I'm talking about the religious people. I know it's so much easier for us to look outside and look at other faith and say, oh, it's them. Pastor Joe is talking about them, the other faith people, because they're a religion. We're not. Partly that's true. But I'm also talking to us here because you could be exercising religion here instead of really living a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, the people, the rituals, the people that practice rituals, it blinds the religious people, correct? The rituals blinds the religious people, and they would continue, they would totally miss Christmas altogether. Luke 2, 8, 8 and 9, and then also verse 20. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. The angel proclaimed the birth of Jesus Christ, and the shepherds went to Bethlehem to see him. Verse 20, the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. Told them, all of the people in Jerusalem, God singled out shepherds to receive the great news about the birth of Christ. We discussed this last Christmas, that shepherds were the despised group of people. They were unclean. They couldn't maintain all the ceremonial washings and activities because they were too busy tending to the sheep. Yet no one else from the city came to see the Christ, the Christ child, except these unclean shepherds. Imagine that. The other people that were practicing all their rituals, all the Levitical law that they needed to do, they weren't told about the birth of Christ. And in the first verse that we read, when Herod gathered the chief priests, the people that supposedly know the law or are studying the law, they could care less to find out if Christ was really born in Bethlehem. Now the irony there is so sharp that we can all miss it. No amount of rituals and no religion, no religious act can someone do to attain God or to see God and to attain heaven. Those who were called were the ones that didn't even know. They were busy tending to the sheep. They were just there minding their own business. But the angel appeared to them. Now, folks, let me ask you, are you too busy with your work that you cannot even hear God's word anymore? That you have no time? I'm praising God that we all took the time to be here tonight. I know, I know it's the weather, it's the holiday season feeling, it's the coziness of our fireplace, the smell of that cinnamon thing. Anna Lou loves to light up candles. It always smells like cinnamon at the house. You know, it, it helps me because I have a boy, so it kind of covers the smell. But, you know, you get trapped. You can get trapped into that, like, oh, my life is so comfortable. 
My life is so comfortable. Why would I need God right now? Why do I need to go to church right now? Life is so good. Why do I need Jesus? I have all the money that I need. I have the health. I'm, I'm, I'm healthy as a 20-year-old. <laughs> Not me. But, right? I don't need anything from God. I'm doing everything that my religion is telling me to do. Why do I need to surrender my life to Jesus? But look, they, the angel gave this, the announcement to the shepherds. There were, there were two people that were, they were studying the word. Only two people. With the mass of people that were around Jesus during his birth, only two people were waiting for Jesus' birth. The first guy, his name's Simeon. You can see him in Luke 2, 25 to 26. And the other one is the, the lady named Anna. That's in Luke 2, 36 to 38. There were only two of them that were really anticipating Christ's birth. Other than the, 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 the Magi's, other than them, these two people were the only ones waiting. The shepherds didn't even bought, you know, they weren't expecting it. But as they obeyed, they were all celebrating. Because they obeyed what the angels did. And they saw the birth of Christ. Now how about this? Rituals, we're still on the topic, rituals blinds the religious. Matthew 16, 13. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? When Jesus asked his disciples this question, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah. But still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. All the speculations were wrong. Jesus didn't fit into the religious system of his day. And the people knew he didn't after he gave the Sermon on the Mount. The re religion will... If, let me just read this quote before I park on this one again. John MacArthur said, Religion will damn a soul faster than anything if it is anything less than true worship of the true God. A false religious system gives a person a place to hide, a place where he can mask his spirituality. People stepped, steeped in various cults talk about God, Christ, and Scripture, but they don't know Christ. They are lost in the midst of religion. So the people of Jerusalem missed Christmas while they were being religious. Do we agree? The shepherds weren't being religious. They don't know. They, they could care less about God. They were just there trying to make their own money. Yes, people hated them, but they could care less too because that's the only way of living that they know. But the religious people, the ones that supposedly know the truth, they weren't. The ones that were told about the birth, they could care less. The, ones, the rest of the people, they were just doing their exercise. The exercise of their religion. Now, Christians, this 2019, if you look back, I'm speaking to you Christ followers. If you look back at the rest of this year, have you just been exercising religion by coming here or coming here on Wednesdays and, and praying on your own and reading your Bible? Are you just exercising, exercising your religion? Or are you really enjoying an intimate relationship with Jesus? Now how about for the other ones? How many times have you been at church this whole year? Is one hour in one week too much for the God that you say has given you all things? Now maybe that's the problem. Maybe you don't think... God is, is the one that's given you all things. Maybe because you're strong, you're healthy, you're prosperous, you're successful. Maybe be, all of a sudden you're thinking, you're, you're getting that big head and you say, it's all me. How about I invite you for the 24th, the Christmas Eve? How about I invite you guys and I tell you the menu at my house? I'll say, all right, guys, please come to my Christmas dinner. I'm going to have a centrum multivitamins. I'm going to have like endless number, a buffet of centrums because multivitamins is everything you need. I'll also have a B-complex vitamins there for you. And then I'll, I'll give you some glucosamine together with that. 
and then some, you know, some ginkgo biloba. That will be our menu. Do you think you'll be excited to come or you're thinking, what happened to Pastor Joe? I think he's back on drugs. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? I think he's smoking it again. I think it's time to have a meeting with the church. We need to do a random drug test with him. Why is he inviting us and giving us supplements for dinner? How dare he? And some of you, you'll say, what a, what a ding dong. Multivitamins for dinner? You know what, guys? Some of you already know where I'm going with this. Some of us, we treat Jesus as a supplement. Everything about the world is the main dish. That's your purpose of life. Everything about the world is the purpose. Why you live. It's my children. It's my spouse. It's my family. It's my career. It's my financial success. It's my prestige. And then a little bit of God. I need that centrum. Pop the pill. Drink the water. A little bit. To complete the circle. Maybe some of you are here to complete your Christmas experience. And I'm giving you this message. And I'm just ruining the whole thing for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't proclaim. We don't teach religion. We teach Jesus. If you're exercising religion, that is on you. You're missing the whole point. Just like the people back in Jesus' day when he was born, the religious people missed Christmas. The religious people hated Jesus. The religious people were the ones that crucified Jesus. Jesus said, I came for the sick. Now, if all of us here have surrendered our lives to Christ, right? We have admitted that we need Him because we can't make it on our own. But then we, how is our life from that point on? You know, when, if you... I'm trying to calm down because there's this... You know, whenever there's a big truck in the Philippines, you know, in the Philippines, the engineering there, I, I believe that we have some good engineers in the Philippines. We just really get into corruption that we don't put the right budget into the bridges. In, the, in, in Baguio, where I'm from, we have a lot of bridges, small bridges that are not designed to carry the big trucks. And they're so narrow that it's not enough for anything. So when a big truck crosses that bridge, there is this thing that I call a bridge quake. And I'm riding that jeepney or that truck or I'm like watching. I'm like, they're going to fall. They're going to fall. They're going to fall. Because whenever there's something big that goes into something really small, there's shaking that happens. Correct? There's the shaking because they can't contain it. That's God coming into our small minds. That is God coming into our small hearts. There's shaking when Jesus, when, the whole, when you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit enters your heart. Your very small and narrow heart. It shakes it. And it breaks it. And makes it into a new thing. Have you experienced that? Or are you still so narrow-minded that your life is still about yourself? Are you still spending your entire life to your own selfish desires? Even religion, even the thought of, oh, I'm going to be holy this year. Jesus, who's that? I just want to be at church. Third point, idolatry misses Christmas. It came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited, of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. The Roman soldiers registered the people and took the census. The Romans also missed Christmas. In Micah 5:2, but you Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come. For me, the ruler over Israel. It was prophesied, but they missed it. God used Caesar Augustus to make sure that Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem. And that's where Jesus 
the beloved Son of God, be born. Everything that happens in our lives, even if you don't know it, God is still in control of it. Throughout the life of Christ, we see the presence of the Romans. Before his death, Christ appeared before Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea. That's in John 18, 28 to 40. He was executed by the Romans. That's in Matthew 27 to 36. Roman guards lied about his resurrection, propagating a story to cover up the reality that he rose from the dead. That's Matthew 28, 11 to 15. They all missed Christmas because of their idolatry. They worshipped their own gods. Christ didn't fit in with them. They worshipped a multitude of gods. And the pinnacle of their worship was emperor worship. So in the midst of their pagan idolatry, they missed Christmas. Now, let me ask you Christians, does it bother you who the president will be? Does it bother you who the mayor is? Does it bother you at all? If, if, if things that you think is, is, is not going well as you planned it, does it bother you? Does it bother you that your bank account is now under red? Or it's been under red? <laughs> does it bother you? Do you worship something else? The world today is full of people who worship their own gods. They don't worship idols. They don't. Some of them like they did during crisis time. But we still have idols and gods with the small g. Some people worship money. Somebody say amen. Okay. All right. Not you guys, apparently. <laughs> Some people worship sex. Others worship cars. Others worship boats. Others worship houses. Some worship guns. Some worship politicians. Some worship power and prestige. Those things are the pagan gods of our day today. They have been the pagan gods of the 21st century. And, and if that is what you're worshiping, you'll miss Christmas or you've been missing Christmas too. You may receive presents and eat a big dinner and enjoy a beautiful decorated pine tree, but you'll miss Christmas. You might be wearing that ugly Christmas sweater shirt or sweater, but you'll miss Christmas. Some of you would rather believe in Santa Claus than believe in Jesus being born. Some of us, we have made our relationship with God a conditional relationship. I will only believe in you and follow you if you will bless me and then you give your list. Protect my family, give me health, give me wealth, make me look young. Don't let my body pass 50. Let me continue to be strong as I was and now I was 27. We set conditions for God and we make it His condition. We put Him on the thin line, thin ice. We're like, Lord, you're on thin ice. If my kids get sick, we're done. If I don't get that promotion, we're done. If I don't get that big house, we're done. I don't like this Christmas because I didn't get that diamond ring that I wanted. I'm still waiting for that big Christmas time that God will give me a new husband. <laughs> Christmas time, I know this is three weeks in a row. Guess what? We have another one. <laughs> I'm going to conclude this whole series next week because we don't have our 24th. <laughs> the question, who do you live for? Philippians 3.10. I could have used Galatians 2.20. Actually, that was my first verse that I sent. But I figured, you know what? Let me use Philippians 3.10. Let me read this. That I may know him, Jesus, and the power of his resurrection 
in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Now, folks, this is our application for this, the whole message tonight. This is the application, the truth message of Christmas and of Jesus Christ. If God came down to become man, to die on the cross as payment for our sins, that we sinned against Him, and He resurrected on the third day to prove that He is God in the flesh. And then what's the next? then we have to live a new life for Him. Then we need to live our life for Him. Correct? Because if you read it again, that I may know Him. So if you know Christ and the power of His resurrection, this is what nobody wants to do, I, I think. The next part, the fellowship of His sufferings. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes suffering. I personally really don't like suffering. I like to give suffering every now and then to certain people. But, but I don't like suffering. But guess what? That's what God did. You know, you know Christ, Christian life is not a promise of a good life in this world. Christian life is a promise of eternal life. But it is a promise that if we get in with God, He will give us a life of adventure. A life of adventure with Him. We are to live for Him. We are to be conformed. The other version here is to be conformed in His sufferings. To be conformed. To be made into His sufferings. To share in His sufferings. And that's the thing. If you're sitting there and you're like, that's, that's why I don't want to fall in love with Jesus. Because, I mean, I know Moses, when he fell in love with the Lord, man, we went through a lot of sufferings. I mean, look at Paul. Look at what happened to Paul. Why would I want that? That's your first problem. You made the comfort of your life your idol. I don't care if you call yourself a Christian. You need to consider that. Because falling in love with Jesus doesn't mean you're going to live a comfortable life. Falling in love with Jesus means you're going to share in His sufferings. When people find out, people find out, people that love me before, when they found out that I became a pastor, Three groups already have said this to me time and time again. I love the old you, Joe. I don't like this new you. I like the old guy that drinks a beer or two with me and smokes cigarette with me and then laughs his tail with me. I like that guy. I don't like this guy because they think that I've fallen into the religious pit. That's a loss for me. Correct? Because I cared about those guys too. I don't like being rejected. Just like you, I don't like being rejected. Please, when I, when I say that, who, you know, why would you care? I do care. We do care. We care about being rejected. I feel you. I feel your pain. My family could care less if I don't spend time, with, spend Christmas with them because they don't want to hear the truth about Christmas. And that's a loss for me. That's a loss for me. You know what? Who had a bigger loss? Jesus. He left the comforts of heaven to become a baby. He left the comforts of heaven to become a baby, to be what? To be sacrificed on the cross for your sins and mine. So forgive me if I'm telling you that once you surrender your life to Christ, you're going to go through suffering, share in His sufferings. But what, you know what you should say? You know what our attitude should be? Who cares? Right? That should be our attitude. Who cares? So what if I'm going to go through sufferings? That's the adventure. You know, if you were to read or if you were to write a book, a story, an adventure story, you have to start with a comfortable life. Your characters have to have a comfortable life. And then they got shifted away. There's a scenario, there's a certain situation that need to be removed from that so that they can either be rescued or rescue someone. That's an adventure. Christ is calling us to have a life of adventure with Him. To have a life of adventure with Him. We are given the Holy Spirit. When you accepted Jesus, you were given the Holy Spirit. So that you can do all things through Him. I know that verse, that verse is about contentment, which we all need. 
We all need to be content with our lives. Because the more we want things, the more we get derailed from our focus on Jesus. So what does that mean now? What does that mean? If, if, if I know Jesus came this Christmas time, this is when Jesus, this is when God became man. What does that mean? I have to let go of the things that I want for myself. That could mean for you guys, some of you guys, you should stop compromising on your business transactions. If you know that there are certain people that you're doing business with that are doing something illegal, it's time for you to end it. That could mean for you to, to not get that job that will take you away from your fellowship. Oops. Right? I should honk the horn for it. Because that's the truth, right? That could mean that. That could mean for me to stop wanting to get another house. Because that might mean that I need to keep working hard and harder. And take me away from my study of the word. And that's the same with you. That could mean that, oh, I, I don't want to work the overtime because I want to be at church. I want to be at church for that day. I want to be at the prayer meeting for that night. There are sacrifices, folks. That could mean not early retirement. If God came down and he became man and he was crucified for our sins and he resurrected that should mean to me that my life shall be changed and should be lived for him do we agree the message version of this includes verse 11 but let me read it to you i gave up all that inferior stuff so i could know christ personally experience his resurrection power be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. Paul's primary motivation was to become like Christ. God's primary motivation why he sent Jesus is because he loved us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So are you still complaining about not getting that gift that you want to give your children or your spouse or you not getting that gift? Because you got the best gift already. Before Christmas Day, God has appeared as a fire. He appeared as a man as a pillar of cloud by day, as a pillar of fire by night. He appeared as a, as a tornado or a whirlwind. He appeared as a, a thunder or a lightning. But never did he appear before Christmas Day. It was the only time during Christmas Day that God appeared as a baby. He became a baby. The Christmas time is a doctrine of incarn incarnation. We all need to know. Now, if God is who says he is, we are compelled to let go of all of our idols. We have to recognize that there is no more work for us to do. There are no more works for us to add. But we are to become like him, even in his sufferings. There are many ways to miss Christmas. Number one is, an, you know, we, we talked about the, the preoccupation or the busyness of the innkeeper. Number two is Herod because of his power, his jealous fear. And now we, we're discussing about the religious people because they think they were too good and they don't need God. Up to now we have those people because they think they're not that bad anyway. And they're actually offended by the notion of someone coming to rescue them because they think they're good. If you have been missing the reality of Christmas in your life, know that if you have received Jesus as your Lord, 
if you have received Jesus as your Lord, but you're missing the real meaning of Christmas, it's because you have kept your eyes away from Jesus. And you have focused on everything else. You focus on vacation time, early retirement, bigger house, bigger car. You focus on everything else except Jesus. Let this Christmas day, let this Christmas day be the time that you truly would appreciate what it signifies. It is when God became a man. It's when he became a man so that he would die on the cross for your sins and mine. That is our message tonight. I know it's not your typical Christmas message. I know I did not make it cozy for you. I'm sorry. Maybe next year. But no promises. But God knows it. God knows it if we are just using him for blessings instead of really seeing him as the primary reason for us to live. If we are spending our lives to gain material things or the things of the world rather than spending our lives for him. Do we agree? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we are again grateful. We are grateful to you. As you have again spoken to us through your word. We pray that the message and lesson that you want us to learn be implanted and ingrained in our hearts and our minds so we can live it out and obey you. Father, help us. Help us when we need you, especially when we're losing focus of you. Forgive us, Lord, when we're focusing and depending on ourselves and start exercising religion instead of depending on you, relying on you, and worshiping you. Father, help us to be obedient and pleasing to you. Help us respond to you in love, not, not out of fear or, or, or obligation, but let us respond and obey you with our love for you, because you loved us first. And Father, as we enjoy this Christmas time with our friends and our family and our all our loved ones, help us not lose sight of the real meaning of you. Father, thank you for coming down from heaven. Thank you for dying on the cross. And thank you for being so patient with us, still giving us time to truly understand and to truly live for you. All of this we ask in your mighty name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. So I'll rise for the